Obamacare is here to stay. Tests, office visits, pills, hospitalizations, what do they all actually cost? $330 billion with a B. Marks the beginning of open enrollment in the health insurance marketplaces. This is confusing. You're listening to Health O'Clock, Show 10, recorded August 7th, 2016. We are your source for health news, trends, and insights. So now it's time to talk about healthcare. Hi, Jay. Why, hello, Andrea. So we had a brief hiatus there. It appears we didn't record anything in the month of July. It was, yeah, that hurt, that hurt me, that hurt our listeners. But guess what? We are stronger, we are smarter, and we are ready to make up for it. <laughs> we are back, baby. Yeah. Woo! Actually, we're back with some great news. Our lovely host here at Health O'Clock passed her final actuarial Yay. exam. <laughs> no more tests. Oh, it's so exciting. <laughs> she worked very hard and and was a big reason why we have not been uh, able to to record. And that's, I mean, that's just fine. That's, that's all right. That and, okay. and from now on, I, I'll hopefully by the end of the year, I'll have that higher level of actuarial credentials, which is pretty sweet. And uh, maybe people, you know, will, will trust me even more when I say things. Uh, I don't well, know. <laughs> I trust you, Andrea. <laughs> Thank you, Jay. Okay, so the normal disclaimer... Um, I am an actuary. I'm a health actuary. Um, but anything I say on this podcast is for information purposes, entertainment purposes. I don't represent the views of my company. I'm not providing you any proprietary information, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so if you need a health actuary, go out and hire one. I am Jay. I'm a normal guy. I have a normal job at a normal-ish company. And uh, I do not represent any pest control products. I do not represent any lawn mowers and uh, outdoor manual labor. It's just not my cup of tea. <laughs> but you know what? I am here for you, and I am excited about this show. Great to hear. Thank you for letting us know all that, Jay. Hey, it's important as a normal guy. Yes, you know? it, it's important. We all know. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy so the show today the theme is public health Ooh, exciting and we hear that phrase a whole lot but we'd like to kind of dig into what that actually is and how that affects you the listener yes i think that'd be a great uh chance to get into some healthcare 101 Healthcare 101. What is public health? Okay. So to get into this, I'm going to talk about a conference I was at in Philadelphia uh, in the month of June. And I went to a session on public health. And the statistic they used there was that 20% of your well-being, your health, how long you live, etc., your quality of life, 20% is based on quality health care from doctors. 
the healthcare system as you know it today? How good is your insurance? How good are your doctors? 80% of it is determined by other factors. Now, all those other factors are what we call public health. My mind just exploded. I didn't know if you could hear it, if the microphones picked it up. But that fact blew my mind that 80% of health is controlled by the public, you know, everything else, basically. Everything else besides doctors. And we spend so much time focusing on the 20%. How good are the doctors? The how expensive health insurance is. And we focus a lot of our time on that. When 80% of the issues are from all of these outside sources. Uh, So it's really interesting. And when we're looking at all of these outside contributors to how your own well-being, a lot of times it has to do with underlying causes. Uh, So I've got an example, and it does involve some visual graphs and so forth. We'll post them with the episode, so you can go click on the link if you want to. Uh, But I'm going to show these to Jay here in the studio right now. And they are marvelous. The first graph. It's so beautiful. The colors. It's a map of the United (laughs) States and the prevalence of self-reported obesity among U.S. adults by state. And so we look at this map. And you can see certain states have a very high percentage of obesity and some states to a lesser extent. Now, it's important to point out none of the states are below 20%. So we still do have an obesity problem in the United States, but there are some areas where it's much, much higher. So look at that first graph. Identify the states in the dark red there that have above 35% obesity rates. I see. And it's kind of down by Texas, and it's a lower, uh, if I had to guess, south, central to southeast mm-hmm. kind the, of The three area. states that are standing out to me are Arkansas, um, it looks like Mississippi, and West Virginia. So now, let's look at the other graph. Okay. The other graph shows the United States food deserts. Whoa, 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 whoa. What is a food desert? Food desert, defined by the USDA, is part of, a part of the country where fresh fruits, vegetables, and other healthy food is not available. Either because there are no grocery stores within walking distance, no farmer's markets, no healthy food providers, and people don't have cars or a means of transportation to get to the healthy food. Food deserts. Oh man! So if you look at this gra- or this uh, map of food deserts in the United States, and even if you look at it side by side with the obesity rates, it looks like they're correlated. This is really shocking, and I'm wondering: Does President Obama know about this? <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe it's not so shocking that people who don't have access to healthy food are more prone to be obese. But Still, visually, I mean, actually seeing the, I think this is called a heat map, mm-hmm. is just, it's mind-boggling how similar, I, I would say this is definitely a correlation. Yeah. 
And this is what's known as a public health issue. Food deserts are not something typically that your doctor can do anything about. It's not typically something that your health insurance provider can do anything about. And it's not something you as an individual can go out and fix by yourself. It's something that affects the whole community and the whole community needs to solve the problem together. So that's kind of in a nutshell, public health. Kind of interesting. Very The underlying causes, in this case, one of the underlying causes of high obesity in that area. Huh. We kind of touched on healthy foods as a big, like, environmental factor. So access to healthy foods is a big environmental factor to public health. Uh, What other kind of factors could there be? Well, you know, Jay, it could be a lot of different things. So I've decided we're going to play a game. (laughs) All right. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to throw out a topic or a certain underlying issue that's called a public health issue. Mm -hmm. And I want you to, you know, come up with some ideas on why this would be a public health issue. What kind of health conditions, medical conditions could this... (laughs) issue cause. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay. So the first one is broadband internet. Okay, so I'm my I have to guess medically what this Yeah. So if, if you're in an area and you don't have you don't broadband. have broadband internet, how could okay. this cause health issues? I would immediately say in all uh somberness, medical grade boredom. I'm guessing. I just, what what else would you do? Like, just, I don't know, be bored and eventually die. Uh, You're right on, Jake. (laughs) (laughs) What else do you think? Um, Okay. Now, uh, I'm going to say knowledge. I mean, broadband does bring information and knowledge to people instantaneously. So it's got to be... Johnny sprained his foot. How do I know if it's sprained or broken? I'm going to search WebMD, something like that. Right. That's part of it. Okay. Another part is access to care. Uh, In a lot of places, they're starting to do telehealth uh, office visits where you can click a button and see a doctor instantaneously if you have an internet connection. That's amazing. So people in areas without the broadband internet don't have that available to them. Okay. So that's one possibility. You're right. Knowledge is one of the others. One of the other things is it it could be multiple causes. Uh, If you don't have access to broadband internet, maybe you don't do as well in school. Maybe you don't graduate. Maybe it leads to a lower paying job, which we'll, we'll talk about later is also one of the public health issues that leads to some major health crisis wow. in a this community. Is, I don't know if the word meta is right, but I see this being very <laughs> full circle. Oh, yeah. And some of these issues will snowball and turn into each other. But it all leads back to, can this thing, this good thing, if not available, can this cause medical issues for the I people see. in this community? And having this, could this solve some problems? I see. So let's try another one. Okay, I'm ready. Round two. Um, how about vaccines for children? Oh, I mean, that's got to be a no-brainer. 
if children are vaccinated, they are immune to uh, diseases, thus not spreading them to all their other classmates. Right. So it's not just an individual choice. It's a public health issue. If some, if yeah, if some hippies like, <laughs> sorry, sequa. Uh, that's hippies for baby. Mm. That's a baby name. Yeah. Uh, you're not getting vaccinated. Mother Earth does not believe in that. Then that suddenly becomes a problem for the whole community. Wow. Yeah. How about education quality? Getting educated on how to live and then also getting a good job that you can afford to stay healthy is huge. Like buying fruits fruits and vegetables is a lot more expensive than buying a cheeseburger, I I feel, down at the McDonald's. So, yeah, I think uh, getting a good education definitely uh, improves uh, life. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to list off some other ones that could contribute to public health issues. Okay. Okay. High stress levels. That it can potentially be a public health issue. If you have a whole group of people, you're, all your employees, if you, if you own a business, or everybody living in a certain area that's got to commute in this one place and their commute's just terrible, that can be a public health issue. Uh, tobacco use. If you live in an area where many, many people smoke, that becomes an issue of air quality. That becomes a, a public health issue from the perspective that all those people are going to have health care problems later down the road. Um, there's air quality. And I actually just read uh, the Kansas Health Institute released a report. Since we are recording from Kansas, I'm just <laughs> focusing on that. Okay. Um, but they released a report talking about all these different things specific to Kansas that contribute to good or poor air quality, water quality, food quality, that are public health issues and things that the legislators should be considering and maybe trying to help out a little bit. Okay. Safe food and water. Mm-hmm. Um, availability of healthy foods. We talked about those food deserts. Oh, uh, yeah. High school graduation rates. That's a public health issue. Okay. Uh, we talk about uh, quality of life having to do with stress, uh, poverty, being able to afford fruits and vegetables, that sort of thing. Um, But also crime rates are correlated with high school graduation. And if you live in poverty and so forth, that may be tied to higher crime rates, Um, not being able to take care of your kids because you're working all the time. It, It all kind of rolls in together. It sure does. That's what I'm saying. And it could be a wide (laughs) range of issues. This is blowing my mind. This is cool. I know. It all contributes to public health. And this is something that everyone can do something about. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can't always go and tear down the insurance companies and and fix the problem that way. But you can do something about that 80%. 80%. This is something everyone can help with. So think of how much money we spend on that 20% as a nation. And then think of the money that we spend on the 80% as a nation. I wonder where the dollars are going. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and and most people don't think of these things as public health issues until there's a crisis. Yeah. Uh, for example, epidemics. Okay. If nobody in the community goes out and gets a flu shot, then and you have a flu epidemic, suddenly it's big news. There's a big push for it the following year, but until that happens, nobody really realizes it's a problem. Or Flint, Michigan. Flint, Michigan is a great example. Mm -hmm. You don't really think about your water and your water quality until you don't have it anymore, until it, yeah. you, you can't even brush your teeth or wash your clothes or, or cook a meal anymore because you don't have water. And then suddenly it's a huge problem. That is crazy. Wow. Very, very interesting. I had a thought. By listening to this show... Public health is most likely going up. Education. Education is what we are about at healthcare or at health o'clock. The more you know. Bum, 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 bum. But I do want to say I kind of need a break. <laughs> that was a lot all <laughs> that, in one tiny little package. That was there. crazy. That was great. And I'm approaching the world in a whole new light. Excellent. But we will be back. After the break. Okay. Poor, poor children who are in the hospital because of severe boredom. My goodness. Those poor children. I really want to put a PSA together. You know, band together. That's Get the children their internet. <laughs> broadband together. That will be the tagline. Beautiful. <laughs> We're going to change the world, Jay. <laughs> yes! <laughs> oh, funny. Well, that was a nice break. That was lovely. But. Okay. It is time. For. Twitter versus. Twitter. <laughs> so there's not really any verses this time. Hey, that's okay. That's okay. Yeah, I really, I, I fighting searched. is a public health issue. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. <laughs> I searched for public health and just pulled some of the the wide variety of things people are calling public health issues. Yes, I would like to read a tweet from at Smart Gun Laws says safe storage should be a national priority. An unsecured weapon in the home is a public health problem. At Climate Central says the at EPA just found that jet engine exhaust endangers public health by contributing to climate change. At Kevin 
MD says sexism and medicine is a public health issue. At Hackney Abbott says delaying the fight against childhood obesity means we're, we risk sleepwalking into a public health crisis. At Rep. Lois Frankel says pound zinc zika is a public health crisis approaching dangerous levels. Mm, Zika. Zika. Uh, Dr. Jill Stein at Dr. Jill Stein says no one should be locked up or locked out of society for the rest of their life because they use drugs. Drug abuse is a public health issue. At CWA Local says raising the minimum wage could improve health or could improve public health. Wow. That there is a lot there. There's a wide variety of things considered public health. I do like how so many or at least in this sampling of tweets, it's coming from all over the board, whether it's gun users, whether it's doctors, uh they're all concerned with one thing, and that's public health. The Zika virus. Zika virus. <laughs> it's in Miami now, I Isn't think. Isn't that crazy? It's crazy. Man. And, it, yeah, there are issues with how it's being transmitted, and nobody quite knows how to, how to keep mosquitoes from flying over to the United States. Maybe <sighs> we should build a wall. Brilliant. <laughs> Trump. <laughs> You're so funny. (laughs) That'll keep them out. (laughs) Oh, Lord. Lordy, Lordy, Lord. Oh, that's terrible. Maybe Uh, we'll cut that. (laughs) Leave it in. It stays. (laughs) Okay, so a lot of these tweets, as I was going through, would state something outrageous like, gun violence is a public health issue. And then you'd click through and read an article about it. And suddenly you're like, okay. Yeah, that that totally makes sense. Yeah, okay. So I pulled a couple of them that I thought were the most interesting, and I thought maybe we could talk about those more in depth. I like it. Okay, so the first one, violence as a public health issue, especially gun violence. And I click through to the article, and they start talking about violence as a contagion. Okay. The quote is... The problem is the contagious nature of violence, and it is being picked up by people who are susceptible. So instead of putting people in jail or waiting for them to commit violence and then locking them away and throwing away the key, you treat it like they have a health issue. That is interesting. And people who show signs or exhibit symptoms of violence are approached and treated like it's a medical condition before it becomes an actual problem for the whole community. Huh. Now, I'm I'm this is an amazing coincidence. This morning on Discovery News, which I highly suggest everybody go listen to them. Uh they do great work, but they we're talking about uh, retaliation and how is this trait in humans, but you know other animals don't necessarily retaliate. So uh, if if you are hurt or injured, there's an instinct in you that tells you I'm going to get them back, and you know you think revenge. This is going to be great. This is going to be. I can't wait for this. But it's never quite satisfying when it's complete. 
And um, so when I hear you talk, bringing this up, it makes me think that maybe this, this, uh, whatever brain chemistry is that makes people act on retaliation and revenge might be a higher, higher susceptibleness to violence. Right. And that's exactly what this article is talking about. So that's a great tie-in is you look at this as not, oh, they're bad people. You look at it as, we need to treat this like a medical condition. We need to get them help before this violence is committed, if possible. And supposedly this has been tested and studies have pointed to this kind of approach working. Um, So it's kind of interesting to approach that as this is a public health issue. We want to keep people from getting hurt, and we also want to treat people who are showing these symptoms. Yeah, that's way cool. Good article. Thanks. Yeah. Next one. There was an article about Pokemon Go. (gasps) (laughs) I love Pokemon Go. Talking about Pokemon Go as a public health solution. Oh, I like it. You see all these articles about childhood obesity. In fact, we had a tweet about that. Uh, You see all these problems with kids are not as active today. They're sitting in front of their video games and they're not getting outside and playing. If you develop a game like Pokemon Go where you have to go outside, you have to move around in order to do well in the game, it's actually a public health solution. You are helping those people, those kids who are prone to playing video games and staying inside, you're helping them become more healthy. Oh, this is, yeah, I I think that's a great idea. So for all of you video game developers out there, people thinking about an app, Think about it as maybe you can help deliver a public health solution as well. Yeah. Now, obviously, there are the boneheads, and you see the articles about people who are playing Pokemon Go while driving or crossing a road that they don't look both ways, and public health could. <laughs> but I'm, go- I'm not going to say that's public health. I might say that is uh, Darwin. And just running its course, you know, (laughs) natural selection happening. Although I did see a trick where if you uh, rubber band your phone to a ceiling fan, it will incubate your eggs without you having to (laughs) to walk five kilometers. (laughs) Yes, let's stay inside and eat ice cream. (laughs) That's cheating. (laughs) Okay, final news article, which I thought was... Really, really interesting. And the the name of the article, they're talking about raising the minimum wage could improve public health. And this was posted uh, about a week ago in the Economic Policy Institute blog. And they go through and they talk about all these studies where raising the minimum wage contributed to all these different changes in health for the better. Really? For example, uh, lowering of body mass index of adults with a raise in the minimum wage. There was a paper by the University of Chicago that studied that. There was a study about mental health improving, uh, improvements in anxiety and depression with a raise of the minimum wage. Uh, The American Journal of Public Health published something about low birth rates in children 
fewer low birth rate children with a raise in the minimum wage. How is that even correlated? Isn't that crazy? That is nuts. So, and then fewer premature deaths over five years associated with a raise in the minimum wage. This is fantastic. Isn't that nuts? Uh, There was also another study done about a raise in the minimum wage and a correlation to less hypertension or high blood pressure, greater improvements in quitting smoking. People are more likely to quit smoking. This almost feels like a If you campaign. raise <laughs> the minimum wage. I know this whole article is just nuts. We'll post it uh we'll post it with the podcast when we upload. Yeah, but I, sure. it just blew me away all these scientific studies talking about if you raise the minimum wage you have all of these health benefits. It, it just blew my mind. Yeah, that is way cool. And don't forget, I mean, you'd think immediately, okay, so the minimum wage would being raised would affect minimum workers and yay for them that's great but when more people are healthy that affects the whole ecosystem the whole economy of people right so that means smarter kids in school that means healthier kids in school healthier classmates and uh you know i think eventually even those one percenters would maybe feel one or two of those benefits. That's exactly true. Whatever happens to part of your community is going to affect everybody in the community. So that's the important thing to remember when we're talking about public health. So, Jay, let's talk about what can people do now yeah. now that we've now that we've talked about public health and the wide range of things that could contribute or detract from public health. So what can the average listener, Yeah, what um, can they do about this? I would say, it, being an average guy, <laughs> I would say step one is take a good hard look at your life and, wow. and figure out not like, <laughs> where's my soul at? <laughs> Where, wh- what is life? What is Why life? am I here? Who am but, I? <laughs> <laughs> no, but, mo- but rather, actually critically think, how is my, wor- my drive to work? How is my job? How is my stress levels? How are my children? How are uh, my eating habits? And and think what can be improved and maybe taking a step not just improve it for yourself but improve it for others that's that's a great great way to look at it i i gave you the example the other day of uh when i was living in my old house there were no sidewalks and so i found myself exercising less uh because i'd have to go and run on the street or bike on the street and that's a, for me kind of a scary prospect so even something as small as I would like to exercise more, what are the barriers to me and other people in my community being able to do that? Oh, maybe I need some sidewalks here. Or maybe I need a nice park to go and visit. And then you go talk to your city councilman or whoever about it. Yeah. Or, oh, there's no healthy food stores within a 10-mile radius of where I live. Uh, maybe I need to write a letter to a certain food company and ask them to, to open a branch near me. Yeah, that's way cool. And I know right now everybody's like, yeah, yeah, we've heard all this all before. It's just whatever. But as we mentioned at the beginning of the show, and I really want to draw an underline to this, 
This is 80% of health. So you complain about as much as you're paying for insurance and going to the doctor and technology and whatever. That's 20%. 80%. This is much more important. And so I think actually critically thinking about this could really have a big impact. So think about, as we end the show today, I want you to think about something that maybe you'd like to improve in your community. Just think about it and think about one small step you could take. And if you have the time and the inclination, we'd love for you to try that out. Um, if you do the, do that, feel free to, to write in to us or, or send us a, a message and let us know what you did. We'd oh, love yeah. to hear it. And we could share it with everybody. I feel a movement coming on, Andrea. <laughs> this is going to be big. This is going to be huge. So our email is healthoclockpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, please rate us on iTunes. That's how other oh, people find please. us. Yes, iTunes. We love hearing the iTunes <laughs> reviews. And our next show will be an overview of what's going on in healthcare right now. Healthcare in the news. Thanks for listening so much. We are so happy to be back. Until next time, I am Jay. I'm Andrea.